0: What's good, everybody? My name is Folgers, and I'm back at you again with another episode of the Coffee Shop Podcast, episode 16. Yes, sir, we're on episode 16. I want to shout out to everybody that's been listening to the episode so far. Um, I appreciate y'all for taking time out your day, Listen to my thoughts, man, and I want to give y'all you your flowers. Uh, ahead of time because y'all the reason why I keep going y'all the exact reason why I keep going now there's a lot of things that happened between the last episode and this current one for example the Bucks are NBA champions Westbrook got traded which caught everybody off guard It even caught me off guard. I thought Westbrook was going to kick it, just going to chill, and just play out his contract with the Wizards. But nah, apparently him and LeBron met up, decided to put their egos aside, and team up. Now, the fact that, before I even get to that part, the Lakers got Westbrook. And then in return, they gave away Montrezl Harrell, um, uh, KCP, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Kyle Kuzma, and a first-round pick. You gave up practically nothing to give up Westbrook. Now, that's crazy because Westbrook is still a, a top. 30 player, at least in my opinion, he's still top 30, maybe top 20. Actually, I'll put him in the top 20. You put Westbrook on the Lakers. Then you got LeBron. There's a report saying that he's going to run the four. He's going to go to the four. Then in that same report, Anthony Davis was going to go to the five more. Then the Lakers decide to sign Mello. Then, on top of that, you got Trevor Reza. You got Wesley Matthews. Then you decide to sign Malik Monk. You re-sign THT. But you pretty much revamped the whole roster full of old guys. Now, I don't know what the... Uh, What the plans are as far as what Frank Vogel is going to do on offense. Because the spacing is going to be terrible. The spacing is literally going to be terrible. You'll have Westbrook running the one. And then I'm assuming you'll have Monk at the two. Between the two and the three. Oh yeah, then they re-signed Dwight Howard. For a third time i never seen this man get more love now than when he was in his prime. Dwight coming back for a third time, and Laker fans are loving it. When Dwight Howard came a couple of years ago, like Laker fans, well, first Laker fans was questioning it, but then they started loving it because he accepted his role. When he came to the Lakers the first time, oh, it it was it was terrible. It was terrible. Cause he was in his prime and he pretty much forced his way out of Orlando, right? And he had already won I think three defensive player of the year awards already. He already been to the finals. But he pretty much told Orlando Either get rid of the head coach, or I'm gone. You got rid of the head coach, but then you still end up leaving anyway. So you come to the Lakers, and then you come with all these injuries. You come with this back injury. Um, I think he still put up like 18 and 13 in that season. But him and Kobe never meshed together. Kobe called him soft and said that he didn't want to work hard and was there to have fun and blah, blah, blah. And then when he left and went to the Rockets, that's when everything kind of just fell apart from there. But Dwight coming back a third time, yeah, Lakers love it. Lakers love it. But now the Lakers got a whole new roster. And like I said before, I, I want to see how Frank Vogel really put this team together. Because only one ball Someone's going to have to take a step back. Because if you look at LeBron's big three career, Chris Bosh had to take a step back. Kevin Love had to take a huge step back. Who's going to have to take a step back? And do you, do you think it would be Anthony Davis? Yeah. Will Anthony Davis take a step back in his game? Because he's already athletic enough to take on any big one-on-one. I'm not too sure if he's really going to take that step back in his role. Or would it be Westbrook? Will Westbrook not be as ball-dominant and he will learn to play off-ball more? Or would he actually develop to be a decent spot-up shooter just for that season? or next two seasons rather. He still has 2 years left on his deal. So, I want to know what the Lakers, what the Lakers' plans are to start with. And how are they going to get through 82 games with damn near half your roster almost 30 or over. Now, speaking of roster overhaul, the Bulls did some shopping during free agency as well Now They decided to kick off free agency with Getting Lonzo And Caruso They got Lonzo For four year 37 mil Which actually isn't A bad deal Especially If he's going to be coming off the bench Being your sixth man I'm guessing that's going to be his role Going into The season with the Bulls but you get Caruso. You get Lonzo in the signing trade. So get this. The Bulls got Lonzo right. Then the Pelicans decided to add a third team. Decided to add the Grizzlies. So. The Pelicans got Devontae Graham. Which caught me off guard. Then from the Bulls they got Garrett Temple and Tobias Sanoboski? Yeah, Sanoboski. And then the Hornets get a lot of protected first-round pick from the Pelicans. Now, the Pelicans decided to um, trade Steven Adams to get Jonas Valachunas to clear up cap space. so. I think everybody was under the impression that they was gonna go ahead and re-sign Lonzo. But for four year eighty five mil, I think that's not a bad deal to match. Now either A either A Lonzo really didn't wanna be in New Orleans like his dad said he did. Or the Pelicans just didn't want to pay him all Because now you lost Lonzo. You lost Steven Adams. Josh Hart still a restricted free agent as well. So you're about to go through a complete roster overhaul. With Zion. And you're replacing him with Devontae Graham. Who's not bad per se, but you're asking Devontae Graham to expand his role and to make Zion happy. I think Zion's out of there. I I, I think I think Zion's about he he's out of New Orleans once his rookie contract is up, he's gone. He's he's not fucking around staying there. But the Bulls. The Bulls decided pretty much not to pay Lonzo, but the also the Bulls wasn't done yet either. They decided to go get DeMar DeRozan on some three-year $85 million deal. And in that signing trade as well, they decided to get rid of Thaddeus Young, Alfred Aminu, And a first round pick. And two second round picks. That's a lot. I ain't about to hold you. That's that's a lot. Because of course you got to create cap space. But you're giving away a first rounder. And then two second rounders. And then two quality players. Now, granted, the two quality players are for cap space reasons, which I definitely understand from a business perspective. And the Bulls is on the rise now. Actually, the city of Chicago is on the rise now. The Bears drafted a black quarterback. The Bulls got a pretty decent roster. Actually, yeah, pretty decent roster. Okay, Chicago. i see you. But back to the Bulls. Now you got Lonzo. Zach Levine at the two. Then you got DeMar DeRozan at the three. Then you have Patrick Williams at the four. Then you have Vucevic at the five. And then you got Caruso as your sixth man. I can I forgot their GM's name, but he did a hell of a overhaul. Pretty much saying this team was trash, even though that they was two games away from the playing game, and they finished the record with thirty one of forty one, which in the East isn't bad. To finish 31-41, come two games away, and do a completely roster overhaul. And your second season now, this is your second season, is amazing. You got Lonzo on a steal. If we're being real, you got Lonzo on the steal. You got Caruso on a not-a-bad deal. Now, I think you overpaid a little bit for, for DeRozan. Then not only that, let's add to the fact that last season they traded for Vucevic. They gave away Wendell Carter, another player, and a couple of the picks. So, the GM is ready to win now. And you can see it. I want to see how Billy Donovan incorporates his system as well because there's only one ball. It's only one ball. It's only 60 minutes. I'm sorry, not 60, 48 minutes. It's only 48 minutes. And I worry about the Bulls' bench because they still have Kobe White. They still have a cap hold on Laurie, Laurie Markin. And then after that, you know, that's kind of it. So I'm interested to see what the Bulls do going forward. Now, my Knicks, on the other hand, didn't do jack shit squat. I kid you not. We re-signed Rose, we re-signed Alex Berg, we re-signed Noel, but then we replace Reggie Bullock with Evan Fournier. And depending on which side of the glass you're looking at it, you can say Evan Fournier can create his own shot. He could play marginal defense better than Reggie Bullock. And you could say that he's a better option, scoring option than Reggie Bullock. But also, you could look at it from a long-term perspective of this does not help the roster improve. Because, like, okay, Miami went busy. They went ahead and, first of all, they gave Jimmy Butler a big-ass extension, which that man's going to be making $50 million by the time he's, like, 35 or something like that, somewhere along those lines. Then on top of that, you get Kyle Lowry, but then you traded Gordon Drogic. So Miami expected to be better. Brooklyn suspected to be better. They did get Patty Mills. But Also, you get a healthy season of Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. Um, the 76ers are still going to be at the top of the league. Then you still got the Celtics as well. So, And then the Hawks also... Still have their core intact for at least one more season. And Trey Young signed the Supermax as well. I think it's like four years, 205 or something like that. So, the Knicks really didn't do anything to (laughs) improve the team. And this squad has AFC written all over it. The play-in tournament... Also, maybe a stretch as well, unless R.J. Barrett takes a huge leap. I'm talking about from maybe an all-star to a superstar. Like, unless he takes that big of a leap, um, quickly has to take a huge leap as well, willing to accept. I think he's going to be the full six-man. Full-time six-man, rather. Then you got Opie topping as well, if Opie can develop his outside shot. But they pretty much, it's like the Knicks are kind of relying on the young guys to develop quickly. No pun intended. I hope that's not the case. And then also Julius Randle as well. He's going to want a new deal as well. I don't know what the time timeline is. I don't know what the the bigger picture plan is. But right now, this is a, as far as free agency moves, this is a we're going nowhere team. Good coaching can only get you so far as you've seen the playoffs. But you also need that superstar as well. Now, I don't know why no superstars wants to come to the Knicks besides the James Dolan effect. I mean, I understand the lack of organization stability, lack of winning. But it's like every season... Is always insert superstar interested in the Knicks? Insert superstar is listening to trade offers from the Knicks as one of the teams. It's like when it's like the li- the Knicks are linked to literally every superstar in the NBA in every season. They go elsewhere. They'll go to... LA. They'll go to Miami. They'll go to... Fucking Houston. You know, they go... They go somewhere else. Besides New York. Like... Kevin Durant went to fucking Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving went to Brooklyn. Like... They could have been playing here in the Garden. But... Instead, not. Not to. So... I'm just like, you know, what the, what does the Knicks have to do to have superstars come to them? You know, what else does the Knicks have to do to be attractive? And this is just me just crying as a fan. You know, cuz the last free agent signing we had was 2013. And that was with Melo and Amari, cause Amari came over as a free agent. Then we got Melo in the trade, and then technically Melo re-signed with the Knicks. But after that, like that was it. That was legitly it. I don't. I don't. I don't know what what else. The Knicks have to do (laughs) I really don't know James Dolan They selling that team No time soon He's not selling that team No time soon But I don't know I don't know One can only hope And wish and dream Now Speaking of hopes and dreams Our hope and dream. And actually, if I speak into it, it will become reality. I will. I want to get into the NFL now because the NFL is unofficially back training camp has started and quite a few things has happened since training camp has started now the latest thing that happened recently is with the Colts right Carson Wentz breaks his foot Carson Wentz has surgery Carson Wentz is out five to 12 weeks. Okay, fine. Then you, the next day, literally the next day, you lose your starting left guard, Quentin Nelson. The same injury, the same time frame, five to 12 weeks. Now, I feel for the Colts since they gave up essentially a first or a second round pick depending on how the season plays out now it becomes a first round pick if Carson went play 75 percent snaps or he plays 70% but the Colts make the playoffs Now, prior to the injury, I was looking through the schedule. Actually, not prior, after the injury. I started looking at the schedule. And I'm looking at the first eight games. And let's say it takes a full 12 weeks. Full 12 weeks for the foot to heal. The first game in the year, they play at home to Seattle. Then they play at home to the Rams. Then you go to the Titans, division rival. Then you go to the Dolphins, whose defense is no slouch. Now, as long as Xavier Howard stays put, and as long as hopefully Miami works out a deal to where Xavier Howard gets paid, and he can continue to terrorize defenses, except for the Jets. He only not need to terrorize the Jets' defense. But the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Ravens are Super Bowl contenders as well. You go to Baltimore, then you're home to Houston. And that's a dumpster fire right now. So, you make it one off that. Then you're at the Niners. And the Niners are a tough team as well. Especially with Jimmy G is healthy. And I expect that offense, well not offense, but the whole team in general To be clicking at that time And then You're home To the Titans So already you're looking at Six Actually not six Seven Teams that are potentially fighting for postseason position Come the end of the season At least projecting wise And even just coming off last season you know, five of them made the playoffs. Well, four of them made the playoffs. Seahawks, Rams, Titans, Ravens. Yeah, four of them made the playoffs. And then the Niners are a tough team anyway. The Dolphins won 10 games last year. And so the first five weeks, let's say it takes the shortest time span. Your, week, your first opponent is at home to Seattle. Then you got to think, okay, you have no practice rep with these guys. Well, besides the practice reps during the week, you miss training camp. You miss preseason. So you got to get in rhythm with these guys in game one. Then you got to see how the foot feels afterwards. Then, let's say he doesn't play week one. Matter of fact, not not just limit just Carson. Let's just also look at Quentin Nelson as well because he's suffering the same injury, same time span. Where one, where does the Colts go with quarterback? That's where I want to dive into. You got Jacob Eason on the roster. Then you drafted Sam Ellinger as well. And it's like, dog, what the fuck are you doing? You traded for one quarterback. Let's go there. Then you decide, hey, let's draft another one, even though we just traded for one. And that's a waste of a roster spot. You could have saved that for a veteran. For situations like this. And then... I don't know what the deal with Jacob Easton is because he was drafted last year for this was supposed to be his moment. Phillip Rivers had his one year. Jacob Easton was supposed to sit back. He was supposed to learn. Now, I don't know if he done shit to bed during that season of learning or he hasn't looked that impressive in camp because I think Frank Wright even said The week one starter isn't on the roster I think he flat out said that shit Now don't quote me on it But I I could have sworn he said that shit That shows That like y'all don't know what the fuck y'all doing Now You could go after Nick Foles For one he's getting paid Like I think 14 million or 13 million Or something like that and then you're already paying Carson like twenty plus million anyway. So do you really want two quarterbacks on the roster you're paying thirty four thirty five million to? And then on top of that you have a rookie quarter two other quarterbacks behind you that never took an NFL snap. So I I, I don't know what the Colts are gonna do. I don't even know also who's backing up Quentin Nelson as well. Because that's a huge part of the, of their offense as well. Now, granted, I think he would be back sooner. Just because of the way he take care of himself and his workouts. He really knows how to take care of himself. I think he'll be back to full form. But the Carson injury, that put a huge hamper on the Colts so far. Now, the Jets, I think the Jets found a superstar and a wide receiver. Elijah Moore. I want y'all to keep this name in mind throughout the season. Elijah Moore. He's already breaking ankles in camp. He's already showing his workout, his work ethic, his ability to get the ball deep. Because he caught a 60-yard, not 60, no, he did. He caught a 60-yard bomb, and he caught an 80-yard bomb on another day of practice from Zach Wilson. Keep the name in mind, Elijah Moore. Because in that Mike LaFleur offense, actually Matt LaFleur, we have for the brother. It's going to be a lot of stretch run. I'm already hearing reports about play action, getting Wilson out the pocket. Carl Lawson's having a really good camp as well. That's what I'm hearing as well. But back to the Jets, like Elijah Moore. I looked at the Jets' first five games prior to the bye, and you got the Panthers' defense is okay. Then you got the Pats, who Bill Belichick always give us trouble. The Broncos is a solid pass defense team. The Titans' pass defense is a toss-up, and then the Falcons have no defense whatsoever. And that's coming into the season's expectations of last last season. There's a chance for Elijah Moore to pop off in the first five games of the season. There really is a chance to. Him, Corey Davis, Michael Carter in the backfield. I think it's a chance for this, this Jets offense to really, really get going. Now... The first half of the schedule is not good, of course. And then we have our bye week, like, super early. Which means we'll be playing a lot of football for the rest of the season. And then, of course, there's room for flexibility as well. Because the game flex, in case there's an impact on the playoff standings. Want to flex the game out, but still be playing a lot of football from October until January with an extra game. Now I didn't check out the second half of the schedule, but I'm sure it'll lighten up, and if so, it'll be the same thing as the first season when Adam Gates was the head coach. As far as team record, the way the schedule was set up and the way the season played out. The first half of the season started out boo-boo. One, because of tough schedule, but also because of personnel really starting to gel together. As saw the second half of the season once the offense started to get going, Granted, the Jets did play some sorry teams along the way, but went but start but well not started but finished seven nine. Last season it was the same thing, at least the way the schedule was set up. The first half was going to be rough, but as long as we get through the first half, at least with close to a 500 record, we should be in contention for a playoff spot. Unfortunately, we started the season what, like 0 12, 0 13, something like that. Once we got to like 0-5 or 0-6 I already knew what, what what the game was Let's go ahead, let's start tanking Let's tank for Trevor Go ahead and do it Then of course we had to beat the Rams Then we got another win in there as well Which I forgot who was against But But coming into that season The first half was rough Then the second half Who's still being playoff contention? Now this season is set up the same thing. Now in a few episodes, I'm gonna do my predictions of who I think is gonna win the NFC North. Not just the NFC North, but who's gonna win a division, what each win-loss record is going to be for each team. I'm gonna do that in a few episodes. But Elijah Moore, keep that name in mind. I'm telling you right now, keep it in mind. He's gonna shock a lot of people in the in the NFL this year. Now, if you made it this far, I truly, truly appreciate it. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at the coffee shop pod. Make sure you f- also follow me on Instagram at the underscore coffee underscore pod. Actually, not the underscore coffee pod. It's the underscore coffee underscore shop with two Ps. Woo. Better day. The underscore coffee underscore shop with two Ps. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, rate the episode, like the episode. Once again, my name is Folgers and I am out